AJ Jones. Monsieur Jones. <laughs> you will have your jingle. <laughs> One way or another. I, I really want a jingle. I'm not going to joke about my jingle. It's my jam. <laughs> You're somewhat scaring me. Let's talk about this week. Okay. It was a highly relational week. It was. We just hung out with lots and lots of people. We did. We did? We did. <laughs> You're not sure? <laughs> it took me a moment. Well, we, we had Quinn staying with us. We did have The Quinn. mighty Quinn. But now he's gone. Yes, but we did get an extra night with him because United Airlines screwed up his flights. Which was very nice. But I was kind of hoping that somehow we could lock him in a closet and keep him. That's That was my full intent, but apparently that's against the law. Yes, well, and he's rather large to keep locked in a closet. <laughs> but you know what? The type of food that he eats would make it really, really easy to slip all that food underneath the door. That's true. Because the man does not eat vegetables. No. And he could roll out a hamburger easily, make it super thin. Okay, we should try that later. All right, let's lure him back over here. We'll put on another conference, and then we're keeping our Quinn. I hope he doesn't listen to our podcast. Well, there's the downfall. Mm -hmm. um, our kids are out for summer. They are, and they were so excited. They were. I'm slightly terrified. Yes. Because it means we have to think about what to do with them. Yes. I was reading an email that Aline sent today with 70 things you can do around Nashville with kids. Most of them I don't think you're going to enjoy. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> A lot of them are outdoors. <laughs> are any of the 70 mm -hmm. that you don't need parents? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah, right. Well, kids, drive yourself in the leaf. It's a relatively small car. You should be able to reach the pedals, Abby. <laughs> but the thing is, we have jobs to go to, so how are we going to get those 70 things done? Well, on our off days, really. Right. Yes. Speaking of our off days and children and mm -hmm. the great outdoors, we mm -hmm. went for our annual walk outside. It's not our annual walk. We want to be going for walks more often so that our children are not the only children that are walking that are complaining about their legs hurting. Well, to be fair, we did do a hike for three miles. Yes. And wait, they're not used to Wait, you're to not walking. refuting that it's a hike? Well, it's not really a hike, oh, but there it's we go. sort of hikeish. How is it hikeish? Well, it is a walk around of, Radnor Lake. Half of it is slightly hilly. There's on the one side on the path, there's little tiny hills that for little tiny legs would might be termed a hike. Definitely not for us though. What I like about it is it's mostly in the shade. Mm -hmm. So even though it's outdoors, you well, you don't have any cell phone signal. That's the problem. Well, that's probably the good thing about it in terms of the children feeling like we went for a hike with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to park our car at the end, like halfway, so we can walk around and then jump in our car and drive back the last part. Because the last part is super boring. But you have to get out of your car at the beginning. So you, you have to walk back to where your car is either way. Oh, dang. Nice try, though. Just I'm going to park my car and I'm going to wait in the cool air conditioning. <laughs> nice until drive. You guys, no. no. Just think of all the animals we got to see. I don't care about animals. There was an owl. Don't care. There was a frog that we couldn't see, but we did hear. <laughs> <laughs> there was a black snake of some sort. That mm -hmm. Tia said, Daddy, kill it, kill it, kill it. And I'm like, get away from it, get away from it. <laughs> I said I'd bite its head off with my teeth. And then she was remarkably disappointed I didn't actually follow through on that. <laughs> And then you said, well, it wasn't really threatening you, so I decided to let it live. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we saw a deer, didn't we? This is fascinating. Yeah. Please continue. Up close. Well, MJ was convinced it was a cow, but then I think most things are cow to him, mm -hmm. including his black bear that he sleeps with, which he calls cow. You know what the highlight of my week was? What? Mario Party 10. 
Really? Because it's kind of like the board games you wish I would play, but in video game format, I can play with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's at a sufficient pace that I can do other things while the kids are playing. Yes, and they feel like you've just played with them for the last hour, some game. And it's incredibly engaging. It's uh, I, th- I think the words incredibly engaging are a stretch, but okay. You only played once with me, and to be fair, you didn't really get into the swing of things. That's because you played the big demonic guy who comes and stomps on the car. Bowser is not demonic. Okay, no, he's really friendly. I'm trying to think of a witty comeback, and I have none. MJ thinks that he is a dinosaur. An angry dinosaur. Well, he kind of is. Anyway, Mario Party 10. Mm-hmm. Not a video game per se, but is. Okay. Um, spoke at church this morning. You did, and it was awesome. Say that again, but louder. It was awesome. <laughs> I didn't actually mean louder. <laughs> I spoke twice this week. I spoke at Emanate, and it was the first time I've done so without a keynote presentation. Did I just say presentation? Mm-hmm. Presentation. Mm-hmm. Or presentation. Either one. In years. Yeah, in a long time. I don't actually ever remember speaking without a keynote presentation. Um, okay. I far prefer speaking with one. I just ran out of time. Yeah. Monday was crazy. It was crazy. And, and then I spoke this morning absolutely with a presentation. And I hope you noticed, anybody who watched, I upped my keynote game. Your slides were amazing. Is that like a new program or something? Mm, no, just, well, kind of. There's a few programs I'm using on the iPhone that generate text really, really beautifully, and then I animate it in Keynote. Okay. I think you need to give a course on how to do this kind of stuff. Uh, I do on our school. You give one class on how to use Keynote. Oh, you want like an advanced nerdy? Yeah, advanced nerdy. On the topic of school, Mm -hmm. that's actually our main topic for this week. Oh, good. I wanted to talk about the opportunities that, we can have in life to take some time out to go get some training and equipping. One of my favorite quotes is Winston Churchill. He said, the most important thing about education is appetite. And I just, you know, throughout my life, I have found that if you can carve out space in the midst of your daily responsibilities to feed yourself via podcasts or books or sermons or articles or, you know, whatever, There's an incredible joy in learning new things. Yeah. It's the only way you grow. Mm -hmm. I I don't know who said this, but I saw David Campbell quote it on Twitter. He said, if we're going to give ourselves to lifelong learning, then we must give ourselves to lifelong unlearning, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. Oh, yeah, that is really clever. Now, talk to me about your schools. You went to YWAM. I did. How old were you and what was it like? Uh... Goodness, how old was I? I guess I was about 22, and um, it was great. It was a five-month school. I think it's like four months of classroom, community living scenario, and six weeks of outreach. And where did you go to outreach? We went to um, Honduras for four weeks, I think, and then we were in Atlanta for two weeks. During the storm of the century. Wow. Mm-hmm. And did you pay extra for the storm or that was just We didn't bonus? have to pay extra. It was just the bonus of sure, genius. being freezing in Atlanta. What did you say were your biggest takeaways from being on school? I think anytime you do a school and you just give over a period of time to the Lord and say, this is your time, I want to come out differently, you do. 
And so um, for me, there was lots of breakthrough uh, in regards to fear um, and just different, different ways I made decisions and different ways I viewed both God and other people and, and what he could do with my life. So YWAM set me up perfectly for um, coming back and the renewal started on, when we were on our last week of outreach or last two weeks of outreach or something. It was it was awesome because I think if I hadn't done YWAM, my heart wouldn't have been open to God can move in a way that you don't understand and it's still okay. Why? What was it that he did at YWAM that was new to you that would have not been okay had you not been in YWAM? I think I think because I didn't grow up in the church, I got a lot of the basics at YWAM that I really didn't realize I didn't have. So even just stuff like prayer and uh you know, how to pray and spiritual authority and all that kind of stuff. I didn't I didn't really know that. And if you're just getting your information in bits and starts on Sunday mornings, I I I there I didn't realize how big the holes were in, right. in what I was missing. And so but I, I remember um in our last week at YWAM, uh and and they didn't really teach on prophecy or any of the supernatural type stuff that that we teach on um, on our school, but um, at one point we were praying and interceding um, over the nations, and I ended up singing prophetically for forty minutes. And I- I'd never ever done that; I'd never seen it done. I had almost no idea what was going on. It was almost like I was outside of myself, watching myself do this thing, and they, you know, wow. they recorded it and whatever. And I remember afterwards, I processed it for weeks, like, Lord, what was that? And, you know, how did that happen? And it wasn't until all that st- that incident happened that I started hearing the Lord a different way. And that wow. was like when the prophetic started opening up to me was just after that. So Really? Mm-hmm. So the prophetic, moving in the prophetic wasn't a thing until after that encounter? No, it wasn't a thing at all until after that encounter, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I remember on YWAM there was... One of our friends, uh, one of my friends, Scott, he and his wife had come over from the UK for uh, for YWAM, and he was quite prophetic and would get stuff for people and you know go and give them stuff. And I remember just sort of marveling at that, like thinking, "Gosh, how does how does he know what God's saying?" So I know that I didn't hear God before that moment, and I don't remember praying to hear him. It's just I think you spend five months or however many months on your school learning to be open to God, and God goes, okay. Right. So, yeah, it was uh, transformational for me. See, I'd say the same thing for me in coming to Toronto. Like, I wanted to do this school in Toronto for for so many years. And I'd encounter the graduates who'd done the school, and they all had something about them that I didn't have. I couldn't quantify what that was. But they all had this shared experience of going through and, you know, without any exaggeration, being on school in Toronto for five months completely changed my life. Yes. Uh, And, you know, I would say I knew probably 20% of the teaching. Like I had a working knowledge of 20% of the teaching and the rest of it was revelation. And I remember some of the weeks going, this is so outside of my comfort zone. I'm not even sure I agree with this. And the Holy Spirit would say, Alan, you've paid all this money to be here why don't you listen to it and process it later? Because of the danger that if you're trying to, you know, if you're so occupied processing 
what you think is right or wrong without understanding the sum of the teaching that's trying to be given to you, you'll miss out on what God's trying to teach you. Mm-hmm. And I just think about the you know the teaching that I got. The you know well you did our Father Heart Week. That's yeah. crazy. It's a good week. And then Ivan and Isabel Alam coming in and teaching on the prophetic. Oh, they're amazing. I mean, they are amazing. I mean, mm-hmm. but I already knew how to prophesy. But they, I would say, I knew how. To, if you know, if you're going to use analogy, I knew how to sketch with a paper and pencil. Right. They taught you, you know, watercolor, oil, sculpting. I mean, they just kind of blew up your frame of reference right. for you know the prophetic, and then you know everything else. I and I also think I was thinking about this earlier as we were preparing to record this, about how you don't just come to the school for teaching. You know, you come for the community and you come for the connections and you come for... The experience. Yeah, the experience. And so sometimes people ask us, hey, would you make your school available online? And I'm, I, you know, I'm kind of wary of that because I'm thinking it isn't the teaching that changes you. Right. It's the whole package. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And I think online, you'd miss so much of the heart stuff. Like, yeah, we could get your head stuff. You know, you can get all that teaching and stuff, but it's the laying on of hands of all the different speakers. It's all the different moments where God just shows up and, and sort of moves all the head stuff to heart stuff. You know, as, you know, talking about the school changing my life, I ended up marrying one of the teachers. <laughs> you did, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm... And to this day, still very, very good friends with the directors of the school. Yes. I moved in with the senior pastors of the church that ran the school. Now, I don't think we can expect everybody who goes on a school to have that scenario, but yes. <laughs> no, 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 that's true, but everybody has their own experience of that's what happens true. on school. Yeah. So there's people I was on school with who are now on staff at that church. You know, yeah. so, you know, of course, not everybody who goes there, but everybody who goes there will have their own experience of what God wants to do. Right. Right, totally. I always think it's interesting, babe, when um, we sometimes hear feedback from people, like we'll say, hey, you know, are you going to do the school? Or we're talking to somebody and, and we'll hear feedback. Usually people don't tell us this to our face, but they'll tell their friends, well, I've been at Emanate for four years or I've been at the church for X many years and, you know, I've already heard all this stuff. And to me, that's so funny because the whole reason we started this school is, we can't possibly download into you the the fullness of each of those teachings in just emanate or just Sunday morning. Right. So the whole reason we made the school is because we don't just want to teach one or two sermons on a topic, but we actually want to immerse you in it for a week until you live it and then get the next thing, you know. So you know, I was at the church in Toronto for 20 years. But right. I'd still go and do the schools. Like I went and did the leader school, even though, I mean, by the time I did the leader school, I'd been there for, well, let me think. I did it in 2002. So I'd been there for already 10 years. Right. And I, you know, pretty much never missed a service, you know. So, yeah, I heard a lot, but I still got so much out of that school because there's something about, again, setting the time aside and being able to sit under a teaching for, you know, let it let it layer on top of each other and let it really get in deep. Right. I think, you know, going back to what you said of, I've heard this already, there's the two thoughts on that. One is like, I taught this morning on, you know, living out of what we believe. That was one session. We'd yeah. probably do a week on all of that. Plus yeah. all the supplementary weeks about identity. 
Yeah. And so that's Plus just... Plus you'd work it through in small group. Plus right. you'd have exercises. Yeah. And so that's just our, you know, the, the staff teaching. But then we also have speakers from around the world come in and teach. And, you know, even if you come one Sunday and, I don't know, Artie Kendall is speaking for one session, that's completely different from having Artie Kendall for six sessions. Right. So, you know, I I do think there's something about setting aside time that the Lord really honors. When you diligently set aside time and just say, Lord, I'm actually humbling myself to learn, would you teach me? There's something amazing that happens. And, I, you know, I can testify to that firsthand being a student, but also testify as somebody who's watched people be transformed in the last four years of running our school. Can you believe we're about to start our fifth year of the school? I really can't believe it. It's amazing to me. What are some of your favorite things about running a school? I think I love getting to know the students, like getting to watch them transform over eight months, getting to watch them really grasp how loved they are and how called they are and all that. Do you know what I mean? Like seeing the transformation is fantastic. It's just amazing. Um, Hearing their testimonies, you know, every week about the different things that God's doing. I just... Um, if there's, yeah, if there's one thing I don't want to miss on the weeks that I'm not teaching, it's the testimonies to hear right. what, what did God do this week? What did, cause you're not doing school in a bubble. You're still going to work. You're still interacting with people around you. You're still going to the grocery store. You're still maybe seeing your family, all that kind of stuff. So you get to walk it out now instead of being in a bubble and then returning home and seeing if you can walk it out. So, um, yeah, I love that. I, and I love teaching. I just really enjoy teaching. Me too. I, I actually miss the students on the weeks that we're not teaching. So do I. I mean, I love that they're getting incredible teaching from, you know, the other staff and our visiting speakers, but I absolutely miss being in there and being able to be with them. And yeah, it's a huge privilege, isn't it, to be invited yeah. into the lives of people to share. Yeah, it's amazing. You talked a little bit about the whole bubble effect. And can you talk a little bit about the intentionality of the way we designed our school? You know, we looked at a whole bunch of different schools and there's lots of amazing schools out there. So we were like, wow, okay, what do we want ours to look like? And it seemed it seemed to me that the challenge in doing this kind of school where it's not residential, where they're going to have to still be able to pay rent and buy food and all that kind of stuff is you have to have a way for people to keep their jobs or find, you know, have enough time to work and also be able to do school. Right. And so we've seen a couple of different examples of that. Some schools do, you know, part of each day or whatever. Um, but I used to work in in restaurants and stuff like that. And I remember it just being a better scenario if you could say, these are the four days I can work rather than, you know, I can work this day in the morning and this day at night and, you know, that kind of stuff. So we decided to do Sunday, Monday, Tuesday because Sunday is just being part of a normal church body and it's where you get a lot of your service opportunities and that kind of thing. Um, and then school all day, Monday and Tuesday means you can still work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Wow. Um, so for most... Um, Jobs. I mean, we didn't really realize even how well it was going to work out. Like we've even had business people like that have really high level jobs that their jobs have let them do their timing however they want to do it as long as they're getting their job done. And they were able to come and do the school Monday and Tuesday because it's not every day of the week for a little bit, you know, so you do have the rest of the week to make it work. Um, So that was sort of the intentionality of that to make it easier to be able to have a job, pay your bills 
and do the school. Right, and talk about small groups. Well, you meet every Tuesday in small groups, and they're obviously gender-specific um, groups, so women with women, men with men, and you just talk about the week, and you process together, and you pray for each other, and sometimes they go out together, but they just, you know, they have time together walking this out in a smaller group than the larger group that is the school. So they, you know, tend to form some some pretty amazing friendships and stuff like that. But it's walking through a life transformational time together with a smaller group of people that are supporting you. That's amazing. What I love is there's schools all over the world that people can do. Yeah, there really are. We encourage those who come to us saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this school to go do it because it's an incredible investment into your inheritance with God. And, you know, there's some excellent schools out there. The school that I went to in Toronto is now all over the world, the Catch a Fire School. You know, they've got them, and I'll put a link in the show notes. They've got schools everywhere. You've got the school in Reading, um, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. You've got um, Edinburgh School of Supernatural Transformation. All these different schools, you've got YWAM everywhere. And all these different schools with different flavors, uh, different approaches to learning. I would just encourage you to pray about an opportunity for you to do a school that fits in with your life. Or maybe you change your life to do the school. Uh, we would certainly love to have you here. We have a family from Australia who are moving to come to our school, which is I'm just so exciting. I'm so we, excited to meet we them. We need really good accents on the school. That's it's what just, we're missing. Yeah, we, it brings like the cultural factor. But in all seriousness... That's what I loved about our school in Toronto. You had mm-hmm. all the nations there. Amazing. All right. Ready for some listeners' questions? Yes. Okay. This one is from Nicole. Hi, Nicole. She says, I wish I would have thought of this question a week or two earlier, but as I sat through the Moore Conference, which was amazing, I started thinking about how I could have better prepared my spirit and my mind to receive. Then I started thinking about what it means to live life after a conference. So I think it would be amazing to hear a conferencing how-to from some of the pros. What is the best way to open my heart to receive, and how do I apply the things that happen in our hearts during a conference so we're not living conference to conference, but rejoicing in what God is doing in our hearts daily? That is an amazing question, Nicole. Very wise of you to ask. And here with a brilliant answer is A.J. Jones. (laughs) No pressure, no pressure. Um, I remember us going into this conference, and I mean, for us, it was great because we didn't have to minister at the conference. We just got to receive. But I remember on Friday, Alan and I stopping and praying and just saying, Lord, we want everything you have for us, this conference. You know, please give us open ears, open hearts, help us to not analyze We can analyze later because we both tend to be fairly analytical. So help us to sort of unseat the analytical side of it so that we can receive what you have for us. And you can always go back and analyze later. I I don't ever want to encourage anybody to unseat their brain um, because God gave you a brain and you need to be able to check things out against scripture and all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes we can get so locked into this is actually different than anything I've ever heard before that we can no longer hear it because we want to filter it. We want to make everything match up. And sometimes we need to hear it so that we can process it to figure out if it needs to match up. And I I think typically, like if you go into a conference with your heart open to hear and and your spiritual ears open to hear and your mind open to hear, the Lord tends to build a platform that you can head forward on that level now after the conference is over, you know? So 
I think the key in not losing it is to return to what God just opened up and process it with Him and ask Him to help you make it part of your life. Okay, God, this was new for me. I didn't realize that you viewed me like this. Would you help me walk out in that revelation and not take steps backwards? And, you know, God's great at doing that. He's great at setting off an alarm. That's sort of the, 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 that's sort of how I explain when God sort of goes, Hey, 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 we're not going there anymore. Do you remember? You know, that's one of the things I ask him to do. Lord, set off an alarm when I do this or when I think this or when I'm partnering with that or if I'm stepping backwards. Would you set off an alarm? And the Lord is so good to sort of tap you on the shoulder or tap you on the heart and go, Hey, remember how we weren't going to think that anymore? Hey, remember how, you know, right. Okay, good. Yeah. God, help me to hold on to what you did. And uh, I'm still really processing a lot of the stuff that Graham said at the Moore Conference. I need to listen to the MP3s and just sort of um, go over them. But I'm really glad that we prayed that prayer going in because I really could have just gone in functional with the attitude of, yeah, prove it. Um, and I didn't, which is great. I also think I didn't, I'd agree with everything you just said, babe. But I'd also encourage you to get with people who were at the conference and share what was important to you and also get with people who weren't at the conference who are hungry because expression reinforces impression. Right. The process of you sharing what God was doing actually helps you process what God was doing and actually reinforces what God was doing. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's a very, very important thing. And I, I can't recommend highly enough getting the recordings of the conference because there is no way you're going to remember everything that was said. You basically have an attention span of about 20 minutes. You know, most conference sessions are about an hour, if not longer. There's no way you can retain all that information. So, you know, listening to it, reprocessing, and, you know, spending time with the Lord in it is super important. And then I think applying what you heard. The parable of the sower has been just, you know, running around my head the last couple of weeks because I want to be one of the people who gets a harvest. And I'm not content with 30 or 60, I want a hundredfold. So I don't want the cares of the world or the enemy to come and steal the thoughts that God's planted in me. So that, that's what I think about those things. Any other thoughts on conferences? I just think you don't want a conference to be the only place where you're getting fed. You need to be feeding yourself at home. You need to be going, you know, go to church every week, get fed there, be part of a small group of ones available, you know, like have different places where you connect with God and connect with others and get filled and get encouraged don't just live conference to conference. Again, experience is awesome. God wants us to experience Him, but He also wants to experience us face-to-face every single day, you know? So stay in touch with God. Let Him keep working on your life. And then conferences are like your boost forward instead of your lifeline because you're dying. Right. Right, let's wrap up. On the topic of conference MP3s, the MP3s from the More Conference are up at musthavemore.com. Anything that we talked about tonight will be in our show notes. They're available at alanaj.com. If you'd like to get more information about our school or you would like to apply to our school, we'd love to have you. Our application deadline is coming up very quickly, June 15th. June 15th. Our applications must be in. And, oh, we didn't even get to talk about this, but we'll talk about it next week. You guys were so good at giving us feedback this week. Oh, thank you for the feedback. We were so encouraged that so many of you went to that website and filled out. If you don't know what we're talking about, we have a little survey up 
where if you're listening to our podcast, uh, we would love to get to know you. We'd love to know what you think about the podcast. Head over to alanonaj.com, fill in some questions. It won't take you long. You've got the chance of winning some pretty cool stuff. Uh, but more importantly, we would love to hear what you think about the podcast. We're so interested in making it better for you and serving you in a better way. So please do that for us if you haven't already. And lastly, we prepared a beautiful video this year from some of the students who graduated from our school. I'm going to play that for you just now so you can hear their testimony of what God did on the school. But obviously, you're only getting half the revelation. You want to watch the video too. I uh, would encourage you to go to gracecenter.us slash school to watch the video and to get more information about our school and to apply. Are previous videos from previous schools up on the site as well? Yes, they are. So you can see lots of testimonies and that kind of stuff. So if you're curious, just go ahead and and watch them and it'll give you a good idea of what you could expect. And lastly, if you have a question for us, if you have any feedback from the show, please go to alanandaj.com slash ask where you can ask us anything you'd like and we'll answer your question on air. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Hey, my name is Judah Leg, and I am 25 years old. And I have just completed my first year at the School of Supernatural Life here at Grace Center. Currently, I'm living in more freedom than I have ever experienced in my entire life. Freedom that I didn't even know was possible. School is amazing, um, hard to describe in, in words, very, very focused on the heart because the Bible says the heart is the wellspring of life. You know, until you get that in alignment, for me, um, everything else is just kind of head knowledge and information that, you know, might puff you up spiritually, but it really isn't transforming your life. People would constantly tell me about the school. They would always tell me about, oh, you'll know your destiny, you'll know your destiny. And to be honest, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way for a while. Um, But now I realize what they meant. You can't really put it into words, but it's not that you're going after your destiny. It's that the school points you to going after the heart of the Father and after Christ. And through that, just the byproduct of that is finding out who He's called you to and what your identity is in Him. That was the biggest thing for me that I realized, is that the focus is not on my destiny. The focus is on Christ, but He's focused on me. The best way that I would describe the school is like P90X for your spirit. It's not four years of seminary, you're not having to uh, sign away the rest of your life for a couple years, but it's literally eight months, two days a week. So it's this intense P90X for the spirit where it really kind of goes for the jugular in the most healthy sense of the word. My life has been completely turned upside down and inside out. I now have an understanding of who I am as a son, that I have a father who loves me unconditionally, that I am worthy of honor, that I am worthy of love. Every aspect of my life has been changed. I was thinking I would go to this school so I could get all the answers to life and figure out like the what ifs and like what I'm going to do with my life and how I'm going to change the world. But it actually did something way better and it introduced me to the person who actually knows all the answers. So the school helped me cultivate a personal relationship with Father God, which is um, more than anything I could ever ask. I came to School of Supernatural Life. It allowed me to take the theory and Bible the spiritual and the practical, and join them all together, which in turn has allowed me to grow in places and to do things that I never thought that I would be able to do. What was really cool about the school is that you have small groups. Everyone is just champions each other. Like They support you and 
you know, they tell you what they love about you and how you're being brave even though I didn't feel brave or how you're being vulnerable even though I didn't feel vulnerable. And so that was really awesome for me. And also just with our small groups, just being able to be personal. And I think a lot of my walls have gone down. I'm, I'm able more to receive love. I've always been to different places and learned different things about the Bible and how to study and read but I never had the safe environment in order to practice the things that I was learning. It really released me and gave me the confidence that I need to step out and do the things that I believe the Lord is calling me to do. I've grown up in church my whole life. Really, just church was all just because I should, because the Bible tells me so, and you know, all that stuff. And I was never really out of love. And throughout this year, like learning that He wants to talk to me and that He genuinely loves me and desires a relationship with me personally, just changed it all from like where ministry standpoint is. is like, I get to minister because I'm a daughter and that He loves me so much. And I just want to share this love so everyone else can experience it. My first exposure to the school was about two years ago. One of my best friends went through the school and I saw such a dramatic change in his life that I thought, man, I kind of need that in my life. Like, I know I'm okay. Like, I love the Lord. I'm uh, in a career. I think I'm great. But what if God could do in my life what He just did in my friend's life? It's given us tools and it's set us up for success because we're aware of so many things, internal dynamics that operate in relationships, any relationship really understanding each other more, accepting each other how we're different, because we really are different. Um, <laughs> I fully recommend anybody that is even thinking about doing a school, if you just have an inkling of a desire, maybe just ask him, okay, I don't think I can do it, but if you want me to do it, then you need to make it happen, and trust me, he will do it. It's really been one of the most incredible experiences I have ever uh made the choice to do and kind of partner with God. It's been so rewarding and my life has changed as a result of doing the School of Supernatural Life and it's hands down one of the best decisions I ever could have made for myself. Literally, everything is different, everything has changed. I would highly encourage anybody to do the school. If they want a radical encounter with the Father, if they want a deeper understanding of the love that He has for us, if they want to know who the Holy Spirit is, I would encourage you to do this school. Because not only does it introduce you to the supernatural, but it introduces you to a lifelong relationship with a Father who loves us relentlessly. I'm so thankful 